the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. And welcome back. <clears throat> wow. Something's wrong with my voice. <laughs> oh, man, it just seems like... I don't know. Did you ever see that movie with uh, um, oh Bill Murray called Groundhog's Day? <laughs> this, the, the last year, that, that's what it seems like. Every day, you get up, you go in, and it's like, didn't I just do this yesterday? <laughs> Am I not just doing the same thing over and over again? But, uh, but, you know, I guess things could be a lot worse. Things are actually going pretty good especially uh, when you look at the economic growth, and that's kind of mind-boggling. The, uh, uh, that's really mind-boggling. So we're going to be talking a little bit about those kinds of things first 15 minutes of today's show. The next 15 minutes after the first commercial break, we'll talk about some fixed-income alternatives because that's pretty important. Uh, and then the third segment, we'll talk about some individual stocks because I know I've got a bunch of people out there that, really like doing that and uh so that's how it's going to be well uh first part's mostly economics and you know what we see uh what we can see and that, that's a that's the thing about economics by the way it's you know they call it the dismal science because things are always changing and that's true so your models are generally changing and normally they make changes after the fact, so we're constantly getting surprised by different things. And a lot of the surprises, I think, from this uh, the last 18 months are, first of all, how quickly the market went down. Secondly, how quickly it recovered. And a lot of the smaller businesses and a lot, well, a lot of industries still haven't recovered. And, in fact, try to get something uh, like furniture. I just ordered a couple pieces of furniture Four months ago, 
and they're not here. And they're saying it's going to be November before we get it. Wow, that is mind-boggling. So it's not really, you know, it's not going to kill me. But I got, I have to imagine once the uh, pandemic, once we've really got a really good grip on this thing, and we will, it's just a matter of time, things are going to pick up. And it's caused a lot of spending, uh, which is also raises GDP and is slightly inflationary, actually heavily inflationary. But people don't remember when inflation was in the mid-teens. See, that's that's how old I am. <laughs> I remember when it was in the mid-teens, so I'm like, yeah, this is not that much. Yeah, this is really not that much at all. And that was in the 1970s. And so that, that was really tough. Uh, this is not going to be the 70s. I can promise you that. You know, the history doesn't repeat itself exactly. A lot of things that happen, you say, okay, if you do this, then this should happen. And if it's only because it's always happened that way in the past, I would be very skeptical of that. But if there's a reason, like bond prices dropping because interest rates go up, see, that's a cause and effect type thing. And and oftentimes, they can even lag. I mean, I've seen bond prices go up temporarily when interest rates uh, rose because they didn't go up as fast as I guess some market participants had expected, but that didn't last for very long. And then it reversed and got, you know, to where it should have been. So there are certain things that are going to happen that are the result of something happening, but there are an awful lot of things that are just, it just happens to be a coincidence and it's very difficult sometimes to know what the difference is. So anyway, I'm going to leave uh, most of that stuff behind the uh the bottom line is economy is actually showing incredibly resilient strength the uh i think the stock market you look at the top 50 stocks they were they've been lagging a little bit after leading the market for about five years and over the past year a lot of the other categories have closed the gaps started to come up so that's good if you were doing the right things and holding a diversified portfolio, probably didn't feel too good when the top 50 stock, the S&P 500, was killing everybody. You know, it was actually blowing everything else away. Uh, and now that the other categories have started to catch back up, I'm, I'm sure people are feeling much better. And uh, I know I feel much better just because I can, you can hear it in the my clients' voices when we're talking. You can see it. It. Investing is tough. It's just tough. It's a tough thing to do. Like I, and I'm always, I still read a lot on investing. Just, just keep up with current trends, what people are thinking about. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, it is a, it's really interesting. Some of the people that are, are out there writing, some of the books that are really popular right now are missing some really important stuff. And, that's concerning because when you're reading something and, and the people that are writing it, they're not misleading anybody intentionally. They're just things that they are not aware of that they haven't addressed in those books. So and namely longevity risk or sequence of return risk. Both, both the guys, both the authors in these books were saying that stocks always, always go up. Eventually, 
stocks go up. And they're talking about stock markets, big, broad funds, indexes that include almost all stocks. Okay, so as a group, what they're saying is accurate stocks. Well, that's actually partially accurate, accurate because stocks don't always go up. Sometimes stocks go down a lot. And sometimes it takes them a long time to recover. And they're not talking about that. And I'm just assuming it's because they don't know. Because in there, these guys are not professional investors. You know, they've had good track records because they've invested heavily in stocks. And they've given it a long time period. But when you get close to retirement age where you have to start taking money out, you got to be really careful with that. You're 100% stock portfolio. And let's say it's, $2 million. Okay. And you're going to take out, you're going to start by taking out 4%. That's 80,000 bucks a year off of 2 million. Okay. And the market gets cut in half. So now your 2 million is a million. You're still taking out $80,000. Now you're taking out 8%. Guess what? The, uh, there's a chance now, there's a chance that because you're spending such a big chunk of your principal that you may end up running out of cash. Think about that. That's, that's pretty wild. So, when you get to that return, and they didn't address that, by the way, neither one of these books, that were both bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers, neither one of them addressed that at all. They just right over the top. And that's how you know they're not professional investors. And they make fun of, and they were jiving, or jibing the uh, professional investment community because they weren't putting everybody in stocks, you know, 100%. And I'm like, okay, to see, this is... Uh, you know, this is one of the reasons you're, you know, you made your money writing books. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, returns are important, but so is the amount of risk you're taking. And that, that's a big deal. Managing that risk, especially today, nothing is grossly undervalued. A lot of the categories over the past couple of months that have been doing incredibly well are the ones that have been lagging for the past four or five years. Now they're starting to jump in, just like the, uh, um, you know, those, if you're, I, most, a lot of people have seen these charts where they see, where they rank large cap, mid cap, small cap, international emerging markets, and they break those down into category, two categories in each one of those major categories to value our growth, something like that. And they show each year how those indexes have performed and what you, the idea that you're supposed to get from that is that it is incredibly difficult, if not impossible to forecast which category is actually going to win in any given year. Okay. So, and I know a lot of people think that, well, you're a professional, you should be able to do that. Okay. We're professional investment advisors. That's why we know that that's impossible. When you're not a professional investment advisor, that means you think that it is possible. And you're going to be wrong. And if you do get it right, by the way, it's typically, you know, you know blind scroll finds a nut every once in a while. Yeah, it, it's going to be luck. And eventually, if you keep doing that, it's going to hurt you. So anyway, the key is try to get all the categories. And, and by the way, there are some characteristics of certain indexes that have given them a slight advantage over time. And so if you know what those are, you can try to focus on those indexes, those index funds that actually include that, okay, include those, those key factors 
that have over time have done very well, done exceptionally well. So that's basically what we do at uh, Bullington Capital. We take a look at all the categories. Let's look at the top 25% in each category over past five and 10 years. Let's drill down, see what they're doing, why they're doing it. And then uh, that's where how we make our selections. So, And oftentimes it is counterintuitive, by the way. Yeah, some of the better. I, I like to. I like to include price movement. Uh, they call it market capitalization. And in fact, I have some of these guys try to argue with me sometimes, but you know, not for long, because the uh, uh, I can prove it mathematically. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, yeah." Not many, by the way. They're, they, the investment community, even at my level, has gotten a lot more sophisticated than it has been. In the past, so there are a lot of people that 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 know, and and that's nice. It's it's going to help everybody. But some of the key factors would be size. Key factors would be speed. How fast is the stock going up? When you have a, a fund that's using market capitalization, that's what they're doing. You know, and I'm actually I'm supposed to be talking about this in the next fifteen minutes, so I think I'll uh, uh, come back to that in a little bit. What kind of factors? do you want to include when you're putting together a portfolio? And because uh, I was trying to pull up, I have a, uh, a database that I subscribe to and it's got all the economic statistics on it and uh, they're updated constantly. And I was going to go through that and kind of uh, highlight a couple areas, but since I'm having problems with my uh, computer right now, I'm, <laughs> I may not be able to do that. Isn't that lovely? Just when you, you know, that's typical. Just when I need something, it's uh, it's going to start giving me a hard time. So uh, anyway, um, we're looking at GDP growth. By the way, the most important economic data more often than not is how well the banks are doing. And I'm always surprised that, that um, that's surprising to other people. When the banks start to lose money on loans or loans start going bad. Okay. The banks are going to stop or slow down their lending. The paperwork's going to slow down. And it's hard for me to imagine paperwork being any slower than it is today. That, that's another thing that's uh, a, a side effect from the pandemic. Boy, getting stuff processed is mind bogglingly slow. And that's been killing me because used to be, you know, two, three days tops. Now you're looking two, three weeks sometimes. That's, uh, that's a little rough. So anyway, and when you start, uh, if bank, if the bank loan growth or the, the number of bad loans and banks balance sheets across the country starts going up, they cut back pretty quick. And then people find out just how, um, how dependent on credit the United States is, and it's not just the United States, it's every country actually. But since we are still the biggest economy, at least for now, uh, when the bank loans start to slow down and people, the banks start to pull back on their lending, that slows the economy down tremendously. Economy slows down tremendously. Now I know people are, are, some people are going to ask me, well, hey Bill, I heard you talking about those bank loans. What are they doing right now? Well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what they're doing right now. 
What matters is what they're going to do in the future. And unfortunately, my crystal ball does not work. <laughs> not like that. Yeah. In fact, if you ever come into my office, you ever want to uh, stop by and chat about your situation, feel free to hit me up. You can call and uh, we can actually do it on the phone too. In fact, most of the meetings we've been doing over the past year have been on the phone. So, uh, uh, but anyway, I'll show you the crystal ball. If, if you uh, want to do a phone meeting, I can always shoot you a picture on my phone of my crystal ball. And it doesn't work, by the way. It looks nice, but it, <laughs> it doesn't work. I had to put it back behind my uh, desk so that it's not completely obvious. It was funny. I used to keep it out there like a, you know, it was just a joke. And it made a lot of people really uncomfortable <laughs> when they came in thinking that I was actually, uh, yeah, who knows what they were thinking. But it was pretty funny. So I did move a bit to the back of the office. But I do have a really nice looking uh, crystal ball. It's never worked for me. And it's not necessary that it works. Um, you know, observation is key. Uh, you're looking for trends. So when you get one or two numbers that that's bad, it's not that big of a deal. Um, if, as long as the market doesn't react to it, that means the market doesn't, is not buying into it. By the way, collectively, the market's smarter than any one of us. And, and the market is smarter than the vast majority of, of PhD economists, uh, which, you know, and not just them. And it, and it's one of the reasons they call, again, economics, yeah, dismal science, because hey, when this is, when this happens, this is supposed to happen. Well, yeah, but it might not happen in that order. So very frustrating. And, uh, I always thought it was kind of funny taking all these notes. And, and by the way, does it mean you shouldn't try it all? Nope. You should pay attention. You should be, try to be prepared. Like you're doing a portfolio. You're in your, Oh, let's say you're in your mid sixties, thinking about retiring, thinking about getting social security. You got some money saved up. You want to know how much you think you could take out each year to supplement your social security or your pensions. General rule of thumb, somewhere between four and 5%. That's the, uh, what most people are, are recommending now. Now that I hear the music, I'm going to recommend you stick around because this is Bill Bullington and I will be right back. And we're back. Hey, I was just looking at a, uh, this is a pretty interesting statistic. The net percentage of banks reporting increased willingness to make consumer installment loans. That's kind of what I was talking about. If the um, consumer loans are there, if people are requesting them, and then the banks are willing to make those loans, that generally bodes very well for the economy. And right now, over the last reporting period, it was up 24% year over year. That's a big number. That's a huge number. So that is a, uh, um, that's pretty good. And I will leave that alone. And I, I promise next week, the, uh, I will get my computer started before I, uh, actually try to refer to it. And we can go into some of this in more detail, but that's a very good number. That's a very good number. There's some other numbers that are, are very important stuff to keep your eye on. 
And I think that, uh, um, you know, that, that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm not real concerned. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised, incidentally, if you saw the S&P or the, the Dow or the NASDAQ or some of the other big indexes, the uh, Russell 2000, the 1000, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to pull back 10% or so in the next five to six months. Why? Well, because they've already run up a lot. Okay, they're a lot. And it's slightly ahead of where it should be in a lot of those categories. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a 10% pullback or so. I just wouldn't be surprised by it. Am I going to try to predict that? Nope. Not, not a chance. So, but it just, it wouldn't surprise me because you've had a, we've had a really good run. The economic statistics are actually very strong, but the market's not looking in the past. Market participants generally look out into the future. In fact, one of the leading economic indicators that the Fed's used for decades has been stock prices. They're literally looking at stock prices, seeing whether or not they're trending higher or lower to give, to help them build a picture of what they see and what they might need to do for the economy. So anyway, with that, we will actually come back to those topics at some point in time in the future. And one of the, uh, uh, all by the way, this all ties together. The stock market, banks, the uh, investing, uh, economics, GDP, unemployment, all this stuff is is really part of the, the same pie. And we're just looking at some of the various ingredients there. And uh, a big part of that pie is fixed income. And I'm telling you, I had no idea when I was talking about banks uh, or interest rates going much lower if you go back to oh i don't know 2010 2011 and listen to those shows which are only in my archive now by the way they don't put the they don't keep those up that far that long back they may, they might i don't know but i was talking about how interest rates were probably headed a lot lower that's not a that, that wasn't really a prediction because the economy was doing very poorly and they had been cutting rates. So I was just observing what was going on at that point in time and saying, yeah, this is probably going to keep happening until it doesn't. And uh, that's about as far as you can go with a forecast. This is going to keep happening until it doesn't. Very helpful, right? <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about interest rates getting a lot lower. And quite frankly, I'm surprised at how low they've gotten. Uh, and now that it's, uh, they're here, it's it's... Highly unlikely, I think, that they raise interest rates anytime real soon. And it's one of the reasons that I started talking about a new development in the uh, annuity industry, and that was a, a fixed indexed product because the fixed part was the new part. The indexed part, and they've been around for, you know, several years now, but they hadn't been around. That's, you know, several years is nowhere near what, you know, average annuity has been around a couple hundred years. Yeah, in fact, they were around, they were the first pensions. So that being said, fixed index means that you get, there's a fixed rate uh, that pertains to the amount of income that you can get. Okay, It's not fixed return on cash, on a cash investment. It's on the income that you're going to be able to get. And when you compare it to the bond market and what those, what kind of interest rates that you can get in bonds. 
I think it makes a lot of sense to take take a look at that. Uh, and that's all I'm really going to say about that. It, it's as an alternative. It's not a standard alternative. It's not a CD. It's, it's not a, a government bond. It's not a tax-free municipal bond. They're a different animal altogether. They're there to uh, give you some sort of income because right now the interest rate on, on bonds are just so low. A 30-year bond is yielding 1.9. A 10-year bond, these are government bonds, and this was as of Friday, 1.56. 1.56. If you had a million dollars invested at 1.56, by the way, that's a 10-year obligation. That You don't have to hold it that long, but if you sell it, you might lose money because the bond price might drop on you. Yeah, but the bottom line is, if you had a million dollars at 1.56%, that's $15,000 a year. That's all you're getting, 15600 bucks a year. That's with a a 10-year bond from the United States government. So that's one of the reasons that I'm talking, that why I'm talking about the fixed income, a fixed indexed. And here's another thing that, uh, you know, it's becoming more and more apparent. You know, I guess I'm being uh, optimistic sometimes when I think that things will recover or they'll take the necessary steps that everybody knows they need to take and then they drag their feet. <laughs> That's what happens generally. But um, the reason I'm talking about this is because it's really tough. If you're looking at a, a one year treasury, treasury bill, the interest rate on that is point. One two nine point one two nine point one two nine percent. That means multiply your, the number by point zero zero one two nine. That's how much interest you're going to get in a year on a one year treasury. That is mind boggling. And every week I I have people calling me back. Can you look again? And uh, hoping that you know through some miracle that interest rates are going to pop back up. And, and back when we used to do the, uh, I used to look at the 5%, even 6% at one point in time, taking out 6% a year from retirement. You can't do that anymore. You, and the 4% number, you may not be able to do that much longer if interest rates stay close to zero because generally you've got 30 to 40% of an average portfolios in bonds, and right now it's earning nothing. It's earning nothing. The only reason it's there is to keep it is as a hedge. It's not going to drop by 50% if the stock market decides to take another dive like that. That's why you have it. The, uh, your portfolio, you're going to have to do what we call systematic withdrawals to supplement your income or retirement. That's fine. If you were to take a portion of the money, put it in one of the annuities, you can get a monthly income from that. And it's going to be a lot higher than what you'd be able to get from traditional fixed income. So it's going to be a lot higher than the traditional fixed income. And I think it makes a ton of sense. It really depends on, on you. It depends on your financial condition, uh, how um, sophisticated you are as an investor, because you, know, you need to understand these things. So, and that's why I have, you know, if, if you want to talk about this, you got questions Hit me up. Send me an email. Uh, call me. You know, 330-664-0700. Go to bullingtoncapital.com. 
I'll be glad to talk about this with you because this is what I do. Um, mostly for people who are either at or nearing retirement or just they just want to plan on retirement. And, and let me lay this out for you. You know, I've, I've kind of avoided talking about this for a while because people were getting upset. I was getting hate mail for pointing out that if I talked about the 4% rule, which, by the way, is a standard from the College for Financial Planning, how much you're going to withdraw your first year in retirement, 4%. Why only 4%? Because you're going to have to increase that over time. It's not going to stay at 4%. It's going to go up higher the older you get. And if you started out a whole lot higher than that, then you may not, you know, may run out of money one day. And I know that I want to try to avoid that, you know, if possible. Nobody wants to run out of money. So the 4% rule tends to scare people. Well, with these types of products, it makes it a lot easier to get a return or an income, not a return. An income, there's a difference between income and return. But you can get an income that's better than 4%, especially that the uh, more years you have above the age of 50, the higher that's going to be. So somebody that's in their mid-60s or let's say like I did, I put money in this product so that 10 years, I bought mine two years ago now. So eight years from now, I'm going to turn the income on in that product and start taking the income. Why? Because I'm going to reinvest it in other stuff. And there's no way I could have matched the kind of income they're going to give me. And now I do have the risk of you know, nationwide. That's why I bought mine through nationwide going under. You know, they could go under. There's a, uh, but they're A plus rated. I've got a lot of experience with them. So I have confidence in them. Famous last words, right? The, uh, so I have confidence in them. And when it, when that thing goes to 10 years, it's guaranteed that income that I'm eligible for right now is guaranteed to increase over the next 10 years. It's not guaranteed to increase after that. Uh, it should because I'll be getting older each year. And, and actually, I've looked at the schedule that they're on today. And if that schedule stays in place, yes, it will still go higher. But they're going to guarantee that that's going to go up 7% each year that I delay taking it. So if I'm not taking it right away, the income I could get this year will go up 7% next year, and then the year after that, 7%. So if that sounds good to you, and, and by the way, these things are complicated, I, and I have to apologize. I, I wouldn't be looking at these if interest rates weren't so doggone low. This is, this is why I'm, uh, I'm using this. I think it's, it's very shrewd, very smart of Nationwide and a lot of other companies to put these products together. I think it's incredibly intelligent on their behalf. By the way, they're just one of my favorite. I use some others as well. But the um, in fact, we're uh, looking at expanding our, our network with, with other carriers, and I've just used a couple. So that's something that uh, you know we'll be talking about on future shows. But, but right now, I think that makes sense for a tremendous, for a, a tremendous amount. When I say tremendous amount, I only have 25% of my money in there. So uh, that's it. That's a big chunk, though. I mean, that's a huge chunk. 25% is a lot. and um, But that's why I've got it there, because normally I would have you know, bonds, but bonds are paying 1%, you know, or less. And I'd rather put it over there and, and be able to rely on the income, again, 
knock on wood, Nationwide's still there. Been around for a long time, A-plus rated. The uh, And it's only 25% of my money. Um, some people are... Some people want to go all in. I don't think you should go all in on stuff like that. Not 100%. Uh, but the uh, 25%, I can see that the new 60-40s, when, when you're saying 60-40, most people are talking about 60% of your money in stocks, 40% in bonds. The new 60-40 could be the new could be 60-25-15 or 60-40 without regular fixed income. That, that you know... You wanted to do that. You wanted to guarantee a certain level of income. You can absolutely do that. I've had uh, more than one person, by the way, just put a much as much money into that as they needed to pay a certain bill, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> they just wanted to get. I just want to put enough money away. I'm going to turn the income on. You have to wait for 12 months, by the way. I'm going to turn that income on, and I want to pay this bill with that. How much do I need to invest? Well, that's right on their website, incidentally. So if you want to see that, uh, you can email me or call, and I'll send you a link, and you can see how much money it would take to produce a certain amount of income, And which I think is super shrewd. Uh, I think it's funny. Um, and again, there's, there's just a lot of different things that you can do with this stuff now. And uh, that market has really changed. The innovation, it's, it's mind-boggling. Just innovation in general. I was talking to my to my mother about this. Yes, my mother's still alive and well. And um, we were talking about all the changes that we've seen and how fast this stuff has come and, and how fast future changes are coming. By the way, it's never as fast as they say it is. <laughs> they always make you think it's like right around the corner and then it takes 10 years. Um, so, But it is pretty fast, though. Even Even though it does take some time, it's pretty fast. And there are lots of changes. Look at the unemployment rate. Are you kidding me? The unemployment rate is is unbelievable. How fast that has returned. And going forward, you know, when you're looking at the economy, where's the growth going to come from? I'm telling you where it's going to come from. It's technology. And the technology, a huge portion of it is related to electricity and energy in general. And they're going to be, and if I heard, Raising kids, I would have them either going to a, uh, uh, my mind is going on me now. <laughs> I'd have them going to a trade school or if they're really smart, have them learn some uh, engineering because they're going to get to, uh, lots of opportunity in that area. There will be a lot of areas uh, everywhere because you need support for all those people and, and they're going to be building these new power lines, that the grid that's going to have to be reconstructed almost from from end to end and the changes coming in that industry. Holy cow. And the change represents opportunity in this case. There's a lot of opportunity. Is it easy? Nope. Uh, you're going to work really hard to get some of the really good jobs, but those jobs are there and that's a big deal. And that's really nice. I've got to take a real quick phone call and I keep forgetting. I should give you this number out. I'm here live today. Oop, I got to take a real quick commercial break. So you're listening to Bill Bullington. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after these messages.
we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you hear something you'd like more information on, just feel free to go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Just hit me up. Uh, when you con- reach out to contact, make sure you write in or type in what you were looking for because oftentimes I'll get people that just put their name and their email address in there and there's no comment, so I have no idea what to send them. Um, but uh, anyway, and if you'd like to call in today, we've still got about 15 minutes left, 216-901-0945, and I'm going right to Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, hey, Bill, how are you doing? Good. Good. I just wanted to kind of throw out a few things out there. The, the main premise of this is inflation. Yep. And, um, you know, you look at all of the free money that, that's been being dumped into our country, yep. and you look at, and and this is, Honestly, my belief, driving around when you see places like Chick-fil-A offering starting salaries, $16 an hour, all these businesses, 13 to $15 an hour, you heard all the Democrats for years pushing for a $15 minimum wage. And my belief and how I see this is this was their roundabout way to get to a $15 per se minimum wage. And, you know, and it, and it goes back to the whole thing with inflation. It's, all the free money they pumped in these businesses during COVID, all these employees that were being paid to stay home, and then these companies that were folding or couldn't stay open because they didn't, they couldn't afford people, and now they're jacking their entry-level pay up so high to get people to come back in. And I'm just, you know, I'm watching, you know, things like, They'll say gold, which generally has been a hedge against inflation, and it's been a dog. And then I'm just kind of wondering, like, when the other shoe's going to fall. And, I've, you know, I've, I've taken, obviously, strategies where it's like, unfortunately, it seems like the only place to put money now is into the market. Right. But it, it what's scary. your opinion on that, Bill? <laughs> it's scary, right? It is very scary. Yep. Here's here's the, and, uh, the solace that that you can take first of all there's no other place to go there's absolutely no other place to go secondly a lot of stocks still especially in that mid-cap area are still relatively undervalued believe it or not right so when that you know when you can't find a single stock that's not selling for twice what it should be then then i'm going to worry (laughs) <laughs> then I'm going to actually probably put all my money in a fixed index <laughs> product. But the, um, it just, you know, at, at that point, now I don't know if it'll, it'll ever reach that point, but, uh, you know, valuations are on large cap stocks are pretty high, uh, especially mm-hmm. the, uh, the top 50 in the uh, S and P 500, man, their valuations are really stretched. But the, uh, when you look, when you start stepping back and looking at others in, uh, emerging market international, man, they, those guys have not, done anywhere near as well as as we have and uh you know we're only five percent of the world's population in this country so the um there are opportunities out there it's uh it is scary though i mean quite honestly the uh you know you're looking at this and when they say it's different this time it's really different this time we have absolutely yep we have never had the variables uh as different as they are today, unemployment super low, uh, wage inflation's been going up, and and by the way, when I was sixteen, I hate telling people how long ago that was, but the uh, the, the minimum wage was three dollars an hour, 
that's when I first started working was three bucks an hour. And I can tell you that what was what year a, I'm asking what year was that? Because I can remember making like three something to four early on. So that was, uh, I started working in the late eighties. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Mine was in the uh, mid seventies. Right. So I'm making three bucks an hour in the mid seventies. So if you look at the current inflation rate, uh, or, or wage rate, it hasn't kept up with inflation over all those years. Yeah. So yeah, they, you know, and uh, I mean, the, the, you know, the problem is, and this is what I was explaining to my wife and other people. For example, a shop at Costco. Yep. You know, they always had they always had uh, lines. They always had cashiers and everything. They now have automated for twelve items or less. Yeah. And I said, so there's one person monitoring now six checkouts. Yep. And and, and you know this. Yep. You, you have ten employees, and then we start jacking them the entry level pay up to fifteen dollars an hour, and now they get rid of everyone but two, and then now you have that pool of people upset that they're unemployed. But yeah, well, I mean, he, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and here's the circle. This is what I feel, uh, you know, a little bad about for kids just coming out of high school. You are going to have to get education past the high school level. There, there's yeah. just, there's no way around it. I mean, if you're going to make a decent amount, well, I guess some people will, but th- that some people will always find a way, uh, without going to school. But the, the vast majority of people and the vast majority of jobs are going, you're going to need a high skill set. You're going to need to know how to fix that cashier when it goes down. And you don't Correct. graduate from high school knowing how to fix a computerized cash register. So right. the people that are doing that are getting paid really nice incomes. But it's because they've got a lot of schooling. And that's what right. I see is really different. I mean, everybody's going to have to get post high school training now if they want to make any money. And mm-hmm. uh, that, to me, I, I'm kind of glad I'm like where I am <laughs> in my career. Oh, yeah. I, I would, you, that, that's a lot, man, that, to, to be able to, uh, to do the kind of stuff that they're going to have to go to school for, for quite a while. And the good thing yeah. is, you know, the, the opportunities are there. Uh, you can actually get, uh, co-op jobs now. Uh, they'll actually pay for some of that education while you're working. And, uh, the, the amount of financial aid that's available, I can tell you, is way beyond what it was when I was getting ready to go to school. And, sure. uh, so I struggled. I, uh, I, I was, I, I had to go on a football scholarship. I say had to because no kid ever finishes college on an athletic scholarship, whether it's football, basketball, track, you name, it doesn't matter. Those guys own you. <laughs> you, the average person has no idea how much time you put in on those sports and, uh, you have no life. You literally have no life in, um, but I, I, I would hate to see other kids have to go through stuff like that. Cause I had way more concussions. I, I probably set the NCAA record for having, concussions and uh, and i'm telling you i and now my body i'm sitting here in the studio in pain (laughs) and uh, everybody that plays gets hurt so and i did it because i wanted to go to college you know so i didn't they didn't have the opportunities that they have today and uh so from that standpoint i you know i the opportunities are there are they easy heck no it's not going to be easy you're gonna have to get good grades you're gonna have to keep good grades you're gonna have to probably borrow a bunch of money to, to finish school. You're going to have to get training. 
You're going to have to get some sort well, of Well, I mean, the one good thing I do see with some of these, obviously, high schools are doing it, is more pushing either trades or a couple years of college credit. So by the time you graduate, you know, you kind of got a little bit out of the way. Right. So maybe you already have two years of college out of the way and, you know, you hopefully minimize the amount you have to take out in school loans right. or, um, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I get, I guess in theory, everything eventually settles out the perfect market, right? you know, mon- money's ultimately what matters, but you know, at what point, like I said, waiting for inflation to go up, waiting for interest rates to go up. and Yeah, you well, they'll go you know. up. It's just at the rate of change. That's the uh, the thing that the Fed keeps the their eyes on. Uh, and I really believe they're going to let it go a little higher uh, because they, they really need to, to to try to fix some things. Eventually, though, um, and I'm not sure when, you know, the last time Powell mentioned anything about it, it it's not in the foreseeable future. But eventually rates will go up at some point in time, but I may not be here at that. <laughs> That's yeah. how long that could take. And, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't against, you know, helping some of these failing businesses and pumping some money in the economy to right. try to stimulate it. But then it, it went from, you know, a little helping hand to a, a welfare mindset. So, and that's well, not good. Yeah, and here's what's interesting. There was this thing uh, way back when I was in school. I, I don't know if they still teach this stuff. I'm sure they do. But the uh, velocity of money, how fast does the money get uh, change hands in the economy? And yes. back then, uh, well, actually, at some point in time, I believe it got to as high of a level as four. Like it would change hands four times in one year. Mm-hmm. So if it's changing hands four times in one year and you're charging an average of 20% in tax every time uh, it changes hands, somebody else has to pay income tax on it, The uh, you're getting almost all the money back in one year. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, but prices do go up, you know, that the result of all that stuff is going to be inflation. And so, you, right. you know, that that's all the, the much more, it makes investing much more important. Yes, you got to have stocks in your portfolio. Stocks will get hurt in the short run, but don't don't believe for a second that Procter and Gamble is going to take the price increases on the chin. They're going to raise the the price of a of a package of Tide by you know sixty cents yeah. and uh, and and get their money back. So yeah, but anyway, hey man, I got to well, run. Thank the, you. Uh, yep, yep, absolutely. Have a great holiday. Thanks you too. Appreciate right, it. Bye bye. And Jason. Hello? Hey. Oh. Yeah, 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 this is Jason. I'm so sorry, Jason. Um, can you call me back next week? I hear the music. That means my show's over. Oh, sure. I'll call you back next <laughs> okay, week. Okay, I appreciate it. I've been listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'm so sorry I didn't get to the stocks. I will next week. I'll start off with it next week. How's that? Anyway, have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.